have a scripture reading for today, and I have to tell you that I already didn't keep this when I was vacuuming up cat litter on the wood floor this morning. So <clears throat> this is from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. Keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy, exactly as the Lord your God commanded. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Don't do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your oxen or donkeys or any of your animals, or the immigrant who is living among you, so that your male and female servants can rest just like you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. And then Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them in six days, but rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of the Lord. Will you please pray with me? Good and gracious God, we give thanks for your presence that surrounds us, that fills the earth and fills our souls and our bodies. We pray that as we hear your word, we will feel your presence and be inspired and changed. Amen. Today is our final Sunday in a summer of looking at spirituality. And I started planning this spirit series, actually it was early in the spring, and uh, after thinking a good bit about how we, we, do, we talk a lot about like thinking about God, but we don't spend a ton of time having honest conversations about how we connect with God or even how we don't connect with God. So we decided to spend the summer looking at spirituality. And we, every week was a little different. We looked at prayer and writing and art and music and social justice and meditation and more. And I actually, when I began, I started with even more ideas. I had all these ideas, but there was one spiritual practice I didn't really even consider, and that was Sabbath. I maybe even avoided Sabbath because it felt a little bit awkward to talk about. The way that Christianity has traditionally understood Sabbath is as a day that we just take off and don't do any work. And, and even though there are like proven personal and spiritual and psychological benefits to taking a day off every week, feels sort of awkward to talk about because weekly Sabbath 
feels like a privilege that's available to only some. Right, because some folks just can't afford to work less. Some folks have so many family responsibilities that their time off is actually even more work than their job. And some folks are just desperate to find work. So it feels, I don't know, like maybe a little cringy for me to get up here and say, God wants you to work less. And our fragility around privilege makes some of us hesitant to share about when we do take Sabbath time. So uh, conscious Christians often do the easy thing. We remember, eh, Jesus didn't even, didn't always keep Sabbath. Probably not a big deal. And that was sort of a little bit of my thinking until uh, this spring I was at this leadership cohort where one of my best friends, Dr. Ryan uh, Bonfiglio, scholar of Hebrew Bible, and uh, I don't know, that's us posing cutely at his wedding. Um, but he gave this lecture on Sabbath that totally changed my mind uh, on what it is and how it works. And, and the first thing that Ryan did was suggest that we actually read the Ten Commandments, which I hadn't done in a while. The Ten Commandments, they show up twice in the Hebrew Bible. And the, the only real notable difference in those Ten Commandments is on the commandment on Sabbath. So we're going to look at, at both versions, but before we do, I want to point something out. This is the longest commandment by far. And the reason it's so long is that it has something called an etiology, which is an exploration of the reason why things are the way they are. And Ryan explained that it, it reads almost like this. So why do we keep Sabbath? And then the answer in Exodus is that the Lord made heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them in six days, but rested on the seventh. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. In other words, the reason we keep Sabbath is because Genesis says that God created all things in six days and rested on the seventh. And it's, it's interesting, God calls that seventh day holy, and this is the first time that God declares anything holy. Not heaven, not humanity, not creation. The first thing God calls holy is a day of rest. And and I'm probably generalizing a little bit, but in Christianity, I think we, we think of this as something that applies pretty much only to people. But Sabbath is a pattern that permeates all of God's creation. The, the book of Leviticus, it's, it's a bunch of laws, some of which we aren't totally wild about. But the intent of these laws is to teach us how to live a life that's good for all creation. And in Leviticus, the pattern of Sabbath is everywhere. Not only does, uh, Leviticus goes into the very particular laws about the day of Sabbath, the one day a week out of seven, but there is also, every seventh year is supposed to be a Sabbath year. And on the Sabbath year, the land 
isn't harvested. So people who don't have enough food can go eat the food in the field. It gives the fields a chance to rest. It's good for creation. And since uh, not everyone's Sabbath years were coordinated, it meant that about one-seventh of the land was always open to those who didn't have enough to eat. And in the Sabbath year, land that had been lost would revert back to the ancestral owners. In the Sabbath year, debts were forgiven. And, and as just a nice little tidbit for those of us who aren't into Levitical law, uh, you know, in, in Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer, where it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, that was a Sabbath year prayer. Jesus was praying that we keep the Sabbath by forgiving all debts. The whole concept of Sabbath is about providing rest for the earth and all people. And, and when we take a close look, we see that it's not only talking about taking Sabbath, but giving Sabbath. The commandment says, don't do any work on Sabbath. Not you, not your sons or daughters, your male or female servant, your animals, or the immigrant who's living with you. You're supposed to take Sabbath and you're supposed to provide Sabbath for everyone who depends on you. This, this commandment is personal, but it's, it's also social. Every member of society should be able to take Sabbath. And those who are in charge of society, those who have means, those who have extra, are responsible for assuring that the most vulnerable have the same opportunity for Sabbath rest. And again, according to Ryan and actually lots of other uh, Hebrew Bible scholars believe that this is the root of social justice in the Hebrew Bible. It's the starting point of the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. Sabbath is the practice of being responsible for the well-being of our neighbor and of all creation. And, and this, this commandment here comes to us in Exodus. And, and it's sort of like the framework or a broad explanation of, of the concept, the idea of Sabbath. And it's written right after the people are liberated from Egypt. And, you know, they've actually, right as it sort of gets written, it, uh, the people have received land, and for about 300 years or so, they do a pretty good job of living out the Sabbath year. So this commandment is almost like a reminder of of why we live the way we live. But then, a few hundred years later, we get a second version of this commandment. And it comes in Deuteronomy. And it's almost exactly the same. The, it's actually exactly the same, except for just the description of the animal. That's the commandment. What you're supposed to do is the same. But the etiology changes, or the reason why changes. In Deuteronomy, it says, Remember, you were a slave in Egypt, 
But the Lord your God brought you out of it with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. The first time the commandment says to take Sabbath because that's what God intended for creation. But the second time, people are told to remember that they were once slaves in Egypt. And and what's happening here is the people have not been doing a very good job of giving Sabbath to the most vulnerable. During this period in history, the wealthy had started uh, owning more than their share of the land. They were ignoring the rules of the Sabbath year. So the second telling of the of the Ten Commandments gets more specific. Remember what it was like when you were once a slave in Egypt. Remember how you had no freedom. Remember how you were forced to work. Remember how the Pharaoh exploited you so he got rich by working you to death. Remember that, because the vulnerable people in your society, the people who just can't make Sabbath on their own, these are the equivalent of the Israelites in Egypt. So don't be fair. Give Sabbath to everyone. Sabbath is radical resistance to to this economy of empire. that that used and abused the most vulnerable to benefit the few. And and Exodus, if we remember, Exodus is a story of liberation. It's a story of, of getting the Israelites out of Egypt. But but the lasting challenge is getting Egypt out of the Israelites. Forty days after the Israelites escape Egypt, they get into the Sinai and they start complaining and they want to go back to Egypt. Back to slavery because Egypt had good food. For real, that that happens. So, if you remember the story, God provides quail and manna from heaven. The people have all they can eat. But if they gather more than they need, the food spoils. And this again, it's a little, like a a mini Sabbath test for the people. Can they resist the economics of empires that are based on extracting everything possible from creation? Can they resist the temptation to gain power by hoarding resources? Can they follow a way of Sabbath that provides rest for all people and all creation? And those questions feel particularly relevant today. Like, will we resist the economics of empire that that base our value only on what we produce? Will we see creation in the earth for what it can give us? Or will we live a life of Sabbath rest and live in ways that allow those around us to rest? A 
it's spirituality of Sabbath is, is more than taking time off. It's, it's, a, it's a way of being in the world. In his, uh, actually, a lot of this work that around Sabbath, I think, made its way into the, the, the Christian consciousness, if it will, uh, with this uh, fantastic writer named Abraham Joshua Heschel, who wrote a book, like, almost, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 years ago on Sabbath, where he describes Sabbath as a realm of time where the goal is not to have, but to be. Not to own, but to give. Not to control, but to share. Not to subdue, but to be in accord. Sabbath is a holistic way of being in the world where we both give and receive. And, and so for me, given what I said and my little, uh, my queasiness around Sabbath, like, it, this was awesome. It, it changed how I thought about Sabbath. It was not just about taking, it was about giving, it was about justice, and it was this bedrock in the Old Testament for the Hebrew Bible. But as I thought about preaching it, it started to feel a little bit overwhelming. Because, yes, if you are a CEO then sure, you have the power to make policies that provide time for all your employees to rest. But what about everyone else? It, it can be hard to imagine how to give Sabbath to the whole world. So I suggest we start small and consider how we might be able to provide opportunities for other people to have moments of sacred rest. Like, and if we, if we can't do that on a large scale, think about how we could provide Sabbath time for a neighbor, for a friend, or even a family member. A, a couple of weeks ago, my mother was in town and mentioned that when she was a young mom, a friend of hers used to come over to her house and watch the kids so she could take a nap. And that was, I don't know, 35, 40 years ago. And she still remembers when someone gave her Sabbath. Which I guess is just to say that, that giving Sabbath can take many forms. It, it should, and I think it, it maybe must include systemic societal change. But in our lives, it might start with something concrete we can do this week. Because the commandments implore us to give as we receive. And that also means taking Sabbath. And that's not easy for us. I mean, our, our society values people for what they produce. And, and the Protestant work ethic sort of doubles down on that. And the drive to consume pushes us to always be making and doing and attaining. But Sabbath is built into the pattern of creation. We're made to rest. We need time to step back and slow down. And, and it might be that that just our life circumstances are such that we can't take a whole day. 
But maybe we can carve out moments in our day where we stop doing and we simply are. As we slow down and step back, life becomes more than just a list of accomplishments. Life becomes a little bit more reverent, a little bit more holy. And, and you know, just as we even think about what that looks like and what that means, that's sort of what we've been doing all summer. We've been looking at spiritual practices. And, and, and I, was, I was tempted to, to pick like a catchy name, not spiritual practices, because practice? Practice. We're going to talk about practice? Because practice is not fun or exciting. But spirituality usually starts with practice. With carving time out of our busy lives and finding sacred moments. We've, We've spent this summer exploring these spiritual practices and And not everyone will connect with all of them, but my hope is that that something stuck. One or two forms of spirituality we looked at that intrigued you just enough to give it a try. So as summer comes to a close and we head back to school and we celebrate the holiday that, that testifies for our need for rest, It's my prayer that we'll make time to practice, to give and receive Sabbath rest. And we can slow down and connect with the presence of God that saturates all creation. 